Hello and welcome to today's episode of Platinum Talks Wealth. Emmy-nominated journalist Jennifer Rogers Markwell changed gears in her television career when she realized the need to help women make sense of investing. She regularly hosts educational workshops to empower women and others to take charge of their financial future. Now, join your host, Platinum Wealth Management President Jennifer Rogers Markwell as she leads us into the world of money memories, money infidelities, and how these can mold our relationships relationship with our personal finances as adults. Let's dive into today's episode. You're joining us on the Platinum Talks Wealth podcast. Today we're joined by Brianna Shelley, who works in finance and is a podcaster and has some some interesting tips and tricks to share today. So thank you for joining us and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. So I've been currently in the financial industry for a little over five and a half years. I first started off in their call center, just taking any kind of inbound call about anything financial related, whether it's mortgage payments, home equity lines, online banking help. So after being in the call center and gradually working my way up the ladder, I ended up becoming a supervisor in the call center. But ultimately felt that managing wasn't as rewarding for me as it was when I first started. So I did step down from that position in July of 2021, and I ended up going to the card services department, where I now process disputes. So anything from an authorized transaction, somebody maybe didn't get their goods or services, to a fraudulent transaction on a debit or credit card that somebody didn't authorize. So I process anywhere between, I'd say, 20 to 40 disputes a day. Fascinating. And I'm sure you see all kinds of things. Many things ranging from my cash app was hacked to I ordered a men's large and got a child's medium. So the stories are definitely interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And so one thing that I found unique about you, too, is you also wanted to share your knowledge for, you know, saving and within your own podcast as well. So tell me more about that. So my podcast is called A Penny Saved is a Penny Earned. I originally launched just one episode in May of 2020 for a college social media assignment. It was just a, hey, I'm going to go with this and do it. But then I ended up feeling like I wanted to refresh the podcast and really help people. I think a lot of society has a taboo to discuss finances, and I don't think it should be that way. So I ended up launching two additional episodes and it's just very, I don't want to say minimal because it's an important topic to have, but just any kind of financial tip and trick to help the everyday budgeter or spender and just hope that they can take away some good educational tips to better their situation financially. Totally. And that's, and that's why we're here, right? For sure. So hopefully people can learn, we can learn along the way as well. Exactly. Well, when it comes when it comes to money memories, um, that's obviously one of our topics that we like to go through and, and delve deep into on this podcast. Uh, what would you say, thinking back to like a money memory that's you know you had in the past that's really molded your relationship with money as an adult in the future? So I would say about 2020, I dealt with just a personal issue where I needed to ensure I had money to save up for a car. And ultimately, I never had a grasp on savings. I knew how to manage my money as far as day-to-day spending, ensuring that my bills were paid on time, you know, loans, et cetera, never have been reported to the credit bureau, things of that nature. But I 
was never in a financial situation where I was like, I want to get this goal and I need to meet my expectations for myself financially. So I ended up opening up another account with another institution just to kind of have it as a out of sight, out of mind account. I never got an ATM card or a debit card, but I first started off kind of lowballing my savings with the other institution. I was like, you know what, I'll just transfer $35 a week. It's just something that I want to do. But then over time, I built the transfers up to do it for $150 a week. So I was very proud of myself to just see over time that I could buy a car in cash. I ended up using some of those funds for my down payment on my mortgage and my closing costs. So I just couldn't believe that I was in such a financially positive situation that I was able to do this because I was determined to meet my financial goals. So it's definitely something that I'm proud of. I don't talk about a lot, but I'm happy to share that today. Yeah, that's a big deal. I I feel like definitely saving behind the scenes and kind of that out of sight, out of mind, you know, can make magic happen behind the scenes, quite frankly. For sure. Was there anything in your childhood or you growing up that that helped you kind of lean into that mindset, that money mindset? So growing up, we definitely struggled with finances. I know that my mom for a majority of time was uplifting the entire household. My dad didn't work for a little while, but I would think that just knowing that we struggled all the time with money and just seeing that transition even to my teenage years. I started working at 14 and granted minimum wage was $6.75, but I felt on top of the world in the ninth grade, you know, making my, you know, 200 bucks a week, just it's kind of chum change. But at that point, I felt independent enough where I could financially do things on my own. So I didn't need to rely on my mom. But then even going throughout college and, you know, my younger adult years, it just there was almost this mindset that you have to take care of yourself because you don't really have the ability to rely on other people. So I think that's why my work ethic has always been consistent. I just stopped working two jobs two years ago, which is crazy to say, but I've always felt you kind of have to have this go-getter mindset with finances because we struggled growing up with finances. One thing that I find just fascinating, right, from the folks that I've talked to and interviewed on the podcast and from working with clients is most people aren't taught like the real ABCs of finance. Like, hey, here's what this is. Here's what this means. Here's what you should do to be you know, successful or to retire comfortably. It's, it's interesting that it's, I feel like now, obviously better for the younger generation because there's more information out there. Um, but that wasn't always the case. No, definitely not. And I think one thing too, that's really important. And I've even had conversations with some of my friends is, It should be taught in high school. I think outside of your standard, you know, math, English, history, why not have a financial course? I mean, they don't talk about credit reporting, taxes, anything around saving, which I feel like is a shame because even going throughout college, you're not really prepared for financial aid. You don't understand the logistics of student loans if that is something that you need to do. So I think it's unfortunate that we're not taught that, but For me personally, I think it was instilled just by my mom a little bit where she was like, you know, if you have a credit card, make sure you pay it off in full. Don't overspend. Don't exceed your limit. Just kind of balance everything so that way you feel comfortable. But I I don't know why we don't talk about it. It's sad. (laughs) It's why we're here, right? That's exactly why we're here. That's why you're doing what you're doing. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing for sure. One thing that I do feel that a lot of people talk about are money infidelities. 
right? Whether that's something that that you've experienced yourself, whether that's something that you've heard that you're like, oh gosh, like that's a big one, right? Like money infidelities. Tell me more about that and your experiences that you're open to sharing. Oh, of course. So kind of backtracking to what I mentioned about, you know, saving and having the money for the down payment for my mortgage. I first started realizing like, okay, I have to work more overtime to meet this goal of what I need for the down payment. But when it was time to actually give the money over, a piece of me cried. And I think it was just because it was such a big chunk that I've had in my lifetime that I worked so hard for because it wasn't ever a priority really to manage the funds that way and have a backup savings more or less. I I had to stop myself from full-blown hysterics because it was just a reality that I worked so hard for that I knew I deserved. I I want to accomplish this goal. I want to be a homeowner. So I, I told my fiance, I was like, you know, I'm really sad to give all this money away, but it's obviously for a good cause. And I think throughout that financial infidelity, I've had to kind of program my brain to step back a little bit and not get so anxious and scared about losing money because I think that's a big issue too is, you know, we work so hard to save and then once it goes towards something, we get a little panic. Hey, where where am I going to get more of that or how can I get more of that? But I think we have to remind ourselves like one step at a time, it'll be okay. And so long as you have another budgeting plan or something in place to continue your savings, then everything will work itself out. Yeah, you bring up a really, I think, interesting point too. There's the emotional attachment sometimes, right? Like you work so hard to save and save and save for, you know, whatever that is. Like you'd said, a mortgage, a car, like something impactful in your life, but then it's gone. I mean, you obviously have that tangible item afterwards, but like you look at your hourly, what you're making and you're like, oh gosh, so many hours went for me to get whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And definitely knowing the emotional attachment is just inevitable. I think we all have that attachment when it comes to finances. You're buying things that make you happy. You're buying things that make you feel good. You're doing something evolving around money that is going to emotionally be with you. But I think just reminding yourself like, hey, do I really need this right now? Or is this a goal that's obtainable? Or can I buy this at a later time? Just reminding yourself of those little questions will help you stay on track where you need to be for sure. So that leads us into tips and tricks. What tips and tricks do you personally use, right, to save money in your household? So one thing that I like to do personally is just kind of go over my weekly finances once all of my bills are paid. I do have individual accounts that I transfer to on a weekly basis for other goals. For instance, we have an emergency household fund where for now we're just transferring $20 a week into it. So $40 in total, but I think really just taking a step back on what's important for your financial situation. So for instance, you know, we plan on having kids in the future. My fiance doesn't want to rely on a baby shower so heavily. So we set up an additional kids account is what we call it, just so that way we can feel better supported when we are ready to have a baby. So it's not such a financially overwhelming situation, because again, I think people don't take into consideration the future finances. Everybody is kind of just a day-to-day, now-to-now. But if you just take a moment to kind of calculate, hey, what do I want to do in a year or two with my money? Then you can feel a little bit more comfortable with what the future can bring. Yeah. And I think earmarking for specific things. Um, This has been kind of an ongoing like feel through, through this podcast too, is 
is earmarking or renaming, you know, accounts specifically for goals, Mm -hmm. right? Like, hey, I want to get a car. Hey, I want to go to college. I want to save for my family. I want to save for holiday spending, right? So then it's not just a big moment where you go in debt and don't have the money, but you've already pre-planned ahead for those moments. For sure. And I think when it comes to to the holidays, just reminding yourself not to stretch yourself thin can be helpful just so that way you're like, hey, you know, I only have $500. I have to plan for X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I can only get my mom this present. So I think just being realistic with your financial expectations is a good way to go. I think that goes for other things too. I think people think holidays initially is just like, you know, Christmas or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but birthdays go in that mix too. And those are throughout the entire year. So planning ahead for that or other holidays that you celebrate, you know, from your religious beliefs or any beliefs or just celebrating that person for that matter to make sure that that's not just a, you know, a big surprise. For sure. Well, good. Anything else that you want to add or share? No, I think we've touched everything as far as just, you know, making sure you're financially comfortable against setting expectations and boundaries, but being realistic with your finances. And from there, you can only go up. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you. And thank you for spending some time with us. Yes, this is thank you Platinum for me. Talks Wealth Podcast, and we hope you'll join us again. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Platinum Talks Wealth, please subscribe and share. For more information about Jennifer Rogers Markwell or Platinum Wealth Management, please visit www.platinumwealth.net. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA and SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The guest speakers and their companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL Financial or Platinum Wealth Management. 